You are listening to TKO on CFRU Radio 93.3 FM in Guelph, Ontario and available worldwide at CFRU.ca. What is happening, everybody? What is good with y'all? It's your girl, Janan, right here on TKO. As you already know, here on TKO, all we talk about is mixed martial arts, also known as MMA, and other combat sports, too. We also discuss the issues that surround the world of fighting and talk about notable fighters and athletes, how they all got started in the game, and, of course, where they are now. And speaking of which, first of all, hey, everybody, what is happening? Uh, I hope you guys are having a great day so far. Like I was saying, speaking of which, I feel like we live in such great times right now. And specifically being like hardcore fans of combat sports and specifically mixed martial arts, I feel like we're just so blessed and uh, we're so lucky to be living um, in in the times that we're living in right now. I mean, not to brag about our sport, but um, the sport of MMA, well, specifically under uh, the UFC, of course, was the first ever sport to resume live broadcasting after um, the pandemic started and after the fact that all sports organizations essentially shut down um for 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 uh this long and the ufc finally broke the curse should i say and um, came out broadcasting with a really awesome pay-per-view card being ufc 249 this past saturday and they actually did it live and um, this was the first sports uh, the first live event that they had over the course of i believe it was like two at least two months i honestly lost count uh but they did it and it was awesome to watch and it, I, I mean me personally and i'm sure other people as well other fans as well the, everybody should just feel so proud of the ufc and with with first of all what they have done for the sport and what they keep doing for the sport and the fact that the sport of mma um honestly made history being the first ever sport to have a live broadcast while we're going through a pandemic and i know people argue okay uh the wwe also had events and to be honest with you i'm not uh i, I currently don't follow the wwe like i do follow um other events if it's like uh, wrestlemania or the SummerSlam, whatever it is but um I'm not actually sure if they kept on doing actual events during the pandemic because a few months back, I do recall that they did have events, but no audience, obviously, no crowd in the arenas that they were doing their events in. But uh, like I said, what happened this past Saturday, it was honestly unprecedented and a big, big shout out to the UFC for making it happen, being the first ever sports organization to have a live broadcast of their events during the pandemic. And it doesn't just stop there. Uh, you guys already know if you are uh, hardcore fans like me, you probably know. Well, okay, this is coming to you the day before our usual broadcast, on which is on Thursdays. Well, today that we're recording this episode, it is actually Wednesday. And let me tell you this, uh, just please do not miss it because Tonight, we're actually going to be having another UFC fight night. And it honestly gets better because this upcoming Saturday as well, we're going to have another UFC fight night. And uh, 
like i've always been saying and i listen i do not get paid by the ufc to say all these stuff about them because what they're doing uh, i mean logically speaking passionately speaking however you want to consider it what they're doing is just so great so bold and brave and like i said unprecedented so um as as a uh, legit fan I, I cannot help but give them the praise that they deserve. So yes, we we do have events tonight being Wednesday night, May 13th. And uh, we do again have a UFC fight night on May 16th. And of course, we already had one of the greatest uh, pay-per-view cards of this uh, whole year having already taken place on Saturday night in the Vice Star Memorial Arena in Jacksonville, Florida. UFC 249 being headlined by that great, great championship bout between Tony Ferguson and Justin Gaethje and so you guess it right I mean today is probably uh one of our luckiest um, days because not only do we have fights to reminisce about but we also have fights we have two full fight nights to break down for you guys well I mean I'm sure (laughs) we're not going to get through all the fights that are going to be on uh, on those fight cards but uh we'll try to go through the main ones that um i've come across and i think are really really important to break down today on the show so if you couldn't tell already i'm i'm so so pumped up right now and uh this feels like a dream but uh finally after such a long layoff for sports overall we're finally starting to get back into the business so uh i'm so so excited and uh, i could not uh (laughs) sit still if we didn't get started first uh and foremost by reminiscing a little bit about what happened on saturday night with ufc 249 so now ladies and gentlemen without further ado let's get started okay so first things first uh everything was just executed phenomenally it was perfect the way the UFC handled uh, everybody who was involved all the staff and the people working on the card and how each and every person was tested properly by um, a, a medical staff everybody was tested and uh, e- even including the the journalists the people who were setting up the octagon everybody was tested and uh it was it was honestly also great to see that some of the people who kind of suspected that they they themselves may be prone to catching the virus or uh, perhaps transmitting it to other people and i'm actually going to get into this um in, in a few moments because this is really important i feel like those people also personally took extra precautions so that things would go as planned and by that i mean um you know everybody obviously they tested and they wouldn't be there if they had tested positive or a bit suspiciously of course not but the thing was when the weighings were going on um and we saw everybody just just having their regular uh, uh weigh-in routine just coming onto the scale weighing in and then leaving the stage and uh, you know, just like uh, they were, they will be conducted prior to the pandemic. However, the only person, the only fighter on the whole card who was actively wearing gloves and who also had a mask on was Jacare Sosa. So Jacare Sosa, we already discussed it in our previous episode. He was supposed to be fighting. Um, uh, um, <laughs> forgot his first name, Hall. Uh, 
Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm I'm gonna look for his opponent's name. I just had the biggest brain fart right now. Okay, it's not even here because it was obviously scrapped uh, <laughs> off the card. Uh, but Edward Harl? Oh, no, no, no. I forget what what his name was. Okay, let me search it up. But Jacare was supposed to be fighting off. Uh, I guess that's against his opponent, excuse me. And uh, he was out after he weighed in uh, because he had tested positive for the virus. And uh, although he wasn't really showing any symptoms, he was still, he had to leave uh, the place because they didn't, they obviously didn't want other fighters to to catch the virus and uh, uh, just get sick just by having um, contact with Jacare Sosa and his opponent as well. Uh, I forgot what his name. Was. Anyway, so I'm still searching. Uriah Hall. Okay, yes. How could I possibly forget? You know, it's just one of those things. Anyway, so yes, Uriah Hall and Jacare Soso were, uh, were supposed to be fighting, but the fight was scrapped. Uh, and uh, shout out to Uriah Hall, actually, because after the news was out that Jacare Sosa had to go home because of, because of the fact that he tested positive, uh, he came out on social media, wished him a speedy recovery and said that, you know, things do happen sometimes. And he was just super classy about it. And that was a great thing to, to witness. So shout out to him. Uh, I'm sure when all these things cool down, we will eventually get to see this matchup between Uriah Hall and Jacare Sosa. And uh, yeah, I know last week when we were breaking down the the fight card, I, I kind of expressed how how fond I was of this particular bout between Jacare Sosa and Uriah Hall. But, uh, you know, again, it is what it is. And I'm sure, you know, it, it's not like the fight is scrapped forever. It will eventually happen, but not just right now so yes we as well want to wish Jacare Sosa a speedy recovery uh if you do go back many many episodes ago when whenever we do have the chance to break down Jacare Sosa's fights you will always <laughs> notice that I, I just love the way Jacare Sosa fights I really do praise the way that he um, grapples in his fights. Um, there's a reason why he's called Jacare, meaning alligator in Portuguese, because when he takes you to the ground, he's just so good when it comes to submission skills and jiu-jitsu. So yes, uh, all the best to him and um, his crew. Hopefully he recovers well and uh, he comes back stronger than ever. So that, there was that, and Jacare was the only fighter who tested positive for the virus, but other than that, everybody everybody was looking great, everybody weighed in properly, and the fights were set off to take place uh, the day after on Saturday. So the fights do take place, and um, I, I don't know if this is going to be taken the wrong way, but... Uh, I felt like the way the fights uh, were were executed, meaning there were no, uh, there was there wasn't a crowd in the arena. It was essentially empty except for the commentators, the camera people, um, and the corner uh, the corner people of the fighters, and I guess like the referees and the the commission people, all those people, all the essential people, I should say. 
Uh, the fact that there were no crowd, there, there wasn't a crowd in the arena, I actually kind of liked it. And I know I'm going <laughs> to receive a lot of backlash for this because I'm sure when things do go back to normal in, in a couple of months or how, however long this is going to take, and I say, oh man, like, uh, for example, say hypothetically, like we have this fight between Conor McGregor and blah, blah, blah. Oh my gosh, the arena was just awesome. Like the people were so loud and they were cheering for this fighter or whatever. I know I'm going to receive a lot of backlash for potentially coming out in the future and saying that i enjoyed the hype behind it uh, from the crowd and the fact that people were being loud and you know all that stuff all that regular stuff when it comes to sports <laughs> you know like life sports um like that's uh that's enjoyable as well but the fact that there was no crowd in the arena that night and we had such great fights take place right before our eyes i feel like that was really awesome as well uh, specifically because, like I mentioned in a previous episode, it helps you to just put your focus on the fight uh, that was happening at that moment, not anything else. Kind of like it, it gave, it, it allowed you to have this tunnel vision of okay, it's almost like a video game, right? Like you you see these two fighters just going at it. Um, and uh, you have that specific attention uh, uh, on uh, every single movement, the tiniest movements that are being executed. And specifically because the arena is so quiet, you don't hear people yelling and um, just um, just uh, just being loud, you know. And because of that, you could hear every single punch, every single kick, every single <laughs> contact with the canvas when people were taking down, when people... It, just anything you could hear anything and uh, that by itself uh it, w- it was a different experience but i personally really really liked it now again i want to emphasize not to say that i want sports specifically mma to be like this forever but for the time being i feel like it was just really really enjoyable i personally enjoyed it because it, it allowed me personally to stay a little bit more focused on the fight itself and not the quote-unquote accessory things so i really did enjoy it and talking about the fights themselves they were awesome i started tuning in uh, from the preliminary fights the way the fights took place um and i'm i'm not really sure how the fighters themselves uh, were feeling about uh, how the fights were being conducted while they were fighting in, in the empty arenas but uh, i'm assuming they would have to have the mindset of them just going into their gyms and having a regular sparring session with a partner like of course there's this added pressure of the cameras filming your your moves and your fights but i feel like the fact that there were no um crap there wasn't a crowd to either necessarily root for you or your opponent that kind of relieved a little bit of the pressure that is usually felt by the fighters you know sometimes you you're prepared so much physically but when you come into the octagon and you hear say the 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 crowd rooting for your opponent you just lose all the confidence in yourself and you can't really help it but in this case it was it was different because it just felt like every fighter was so focused on getting in there and doing whatever they can to to win the fight and uh, everybody was just a little bit more focused than usual which i really uh really enjoyed personally so <laughs> the fights were so good and 
even from the preliminary cards, uh, the fight specifically, the only uh, fight that uh, that was between our our lady fighters and the and the UFC, that fight between Michelle Waterson and Carla Sparza, I I love that fight. It was a great fight. Um, it, it was really close, and specifically how Carla Sparza, she she was she was doing okay. Um, but uh, it was towards the end of that fight that she started picking up the pace and um, doing the things that she did to, to uh, dominantly win that fight um, in her own favor. And also, I, it reminds me of this one thing because I was listening to some of the interviews that were done after the fights and um, having talked about Carla Sparza, she had actually come out and said that, um, you know, the arena was so quiet that when she was fighting... You know, when the commentators are talking, obviously, they can't just muffle their sound, This, you know, their sound. So whatever they say, it's probably going to be heard by the fighters. So say you have Daniel Cormier, who was commentating on that card, say, okay, Carla Esparza needs to do this and that. And uh, she will, she will like turn this situation into her own advantage. And uh, lo and behold, Carla Esparza, she actually heard whatever DC was saying about her. And she made that adjustment because the arena was so quiet. So she heard what DC was saying. She made that adjustment and it was actually good for her um, game strategy. So that actually helped her win the fight. And I guess this is like one of those controversial things that just automatically naturally come with um, such such a situation when the arena is so quiet, whatever you say might be used by the person or the opponent so you just have to take like i don't know like you could probably have the commentators in a separate room but i feel like it wouldn't really be the same uh when they're breaking down the fight right at the moment so yeah i don't know how they can actually fix that problem but that was that was just really really funny when she said that and the fact that it helped her like turn things around into her own advantage and eventually winning the fight that was just crazy so that was uh one of the fights that i personally enjoyed but other than that honestly i can't really pick a a fight that i liked more than the other because all of them were just so good and that was specifically like i've been saying for the millionth time on, on this episode because of the fact that the fighters were just so um they were so into it they were 100 committed into just fighting nothing extra and i i love that so i i really hope that things stay the same for other fighters uh, planning to fight tonight on Wednesday night and also on Saturday night. Uh, but I, I just love this new thing, this new phase. Or I, even if it is temporary, I just love this new phase of our sport. It was beautiful to watch. So uh, moving on, because I kind of do want to break down the fights at least that are happening for tonight. Uh, I'm going to quickly move on to the co-main event. Actually, okay, first of all, no. A big shout-out to Francis Ngannou, who was <laughs> able to score a vicious knockout against his um, opponent, uh, Jarzinho Rosenstrike. Uh, that was awesome. He was able to score a KO in a matter of 20 seconds, and uh, that was beautiful to watch. So Francis Ngannou is definitely next in line for that heavyweight title, whether it's going to be one against DC or um, Sipe Miocic. 
because we all we all know that by this time uh, a third fight a rubber match has actually been announced uh between dc and cp miocic uh however it, it like the date hasn't been officially confirmed so we'll keep you guys updated with with regards to that but all we do know is that francis gone who's next in line for that title so other than that i do want to touch on the co-main event of the evening because it was that fight <laughs> the fight between um, henry cejudo and dominic cruz for the bantamweight title dominic cruz who was a champion at the time and no spoilers but he still is uh i i told you guys last week that i as much as i liked dominic cruz and his fighting style the fact that he hadn't had a fight in about four years his last fight having taken place in 2016 i wasn't really sure that dominic cruz was gonna do it and uh you know he he had put out like workout videos of him training super hard for this fight but when the fight started just knew that the ring rust was so real because when the fight started um no matter how hard he tried he couldn't really uh catch up to the pace of um, Henry Cejudo's and so as a result um he was he was trying really hard Dominic Cruz but he just couldn't accomplish it so eventually uh Henry Cejudo he kept coming forward with them a deadly deadly attacks and um he threw this one knee that let Dominic Cruz go down to the canvas and he he jumped right on top of him and started grounding and pounding him just for a few shots and then the referee jumped in and stopped the fight to declare uh henry cejudo the winner in this case but what was controversial was that uh some people are saying that the referee jumped in a little bit too early even dominic cruz was saying that and uh, he even came out after with a few allegations saying that the referee smelled of alcohol and cigarettes, um, saying that the referee did not know what he was doing and that um, his decision isn't reliable. He shouldn't have what he he shouldn't have done it right out of the moment that early. But again, it is what it is. Um, to be honest, I feel like if the fight even did go on for a little bit longer, it wasn't like Dominic Cruz was gonna change the whole momentum of the fight all of a sudden and. Uh, turn things into his own own advantage it wasn't uh, the case that night if dominic cruz went back to training camp trained a little bit harder and uh could turn the fight uh, around in a way that it was a little bit close um and and dominance uh, in that case i would have argued that okay maybe the referee could have let the fight go on a little bit longer uh however yeah i i, I kind of did agree with uh, with that stoppage I, I didn't think it was early because Dominic Cruz he was getting hit by um, those shots from from early on in the fight so it wasn't like oh he got he got hit by this one shot and that was it and the referee jumped in I feel like the damage was definitely being accumulated for the whole course of the fight and uh, I in my mind it was a, it was a correct stoppage but uh, another thing that happened that was controversial was Henry Cejudo coming out saying that he has retired from the sport, and some people are some people are again saying that that is false and that he only did that to grab the attention uh, of the promoters, saying that he wants to get more money for a new contract, whatever it is. 
but um the thing is nobody paid attention to him like uh not even dana white made any sort of um, remarks on whether or not he would like to extend a contract with henry cejudo everybody just accepted his statement as it was so if that was his intention then i feel sorry for him because it didn't work but, uh, you know, the thing with the sport is, even if you do say that you are um, retired, you can always uh, change your mind after. As long as you are ready mentally and physically, you can always change your mind and come back and just have another fight. And speaking of retirement, I want to give a big shout out to George St. Pierre because in the middle of the broadcast, it was announced that George St. Pierre has been indu- inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame. And as Canadians, we couldn't be any prouder of George St. Pierre, GSP. He, we, we all love him. And honestly, who doesn't love GSP? Um, so yes, a big shout out to him and uh, all the best to him and his future endeavors. But uh, okay, we're running out of time, but I um, kind of want to talk about the main event as well. But unfortunately, okay, so we all know how that went down. The fight between Tony Ferguson and Justin Gaethje. Tony Ferguson got brutally uh, uh, dominated over by Justin Gaethje. Kept he kept being hit over and over and over, um, and he he himself threw some good shots of his own. But you would think that someone like Tony Ferguson, who we talked on the show being so unorthodox and so creative with his fight moves, trying to come up with a alternative when the striking doesn't work for him against someone uh, as dangerous as Justin Gaethje would think that he would try to attempt some takedowns take the fight to the ground and him being such an accomplished jiu-jitsu practitioner he could have potentially turned the fight around and turned it into a submission and a grappling game but he didn't which we don't know why. Um, some people are saying that it was mainly his ego telling him to keep going forward with that striking so that he could outbox Justin Gaethje, but that that's just not the case against someone like Justin Gaethje. We've talked about Justin Gaethje being so perseverant and so, so good with a striking, not caring how much damage he, he acquires and contracts, but um, caring about him honestly just just coming over uh, just coming forward and um uh, mauling over his opponent regardless of the damage that he himself acquires so unfortunately the game plan wasn't the best for tony ferguson and he lost um as a result of that so now justin gaethje is the interim champ and tony ferguson is in the hospital with hopefully i hope he's doing well with regards to brain damage um, uh, he seemed to be okay. He actually posted a video of himself dancing, like kind of break dancing in the hospital, which shows his good spirit. And uh, shout out to him for that. But uh, he suffered a broken orbital bone. Not good. But uh, I, I honestly just wish him a speedy recovery. Everybody loves Tony Ferguson. Um, and I hope he comes back stronger than ever next time. But uh, the next thing that we can expect for Justin Gaethje is definitely that uh, title shot against him, uh, excuse me, against Khabib Nurmagomedov, the actual lightweight champion. But uh, I, I feel like for the lightweight division, anything can go down. So we've had Dustin Poirier, the former champion, the former interim champion, come out and uh, um, call out all these people. We've heard Conor McGregor come out and call out all these people. 
there's just a lot of ruckus happening in the in the lightweight division a lot of talks a lot of trash talking and uh we don't know what's gonna happen for sure but uh what we do know is that um whatever happens is going to be one hell of a fight if it's gonna be a fight between justin gaethje and um and uh, uh khabib uh or if it's gonna be conor mcgregor uh just just uh, looking for vengeance against any of these guys in the lightweight division whatever it is it's gonna be one hell of a fight to watch unfortunately my goodness we don't have time to break down the fights that are happening tonight uh it's actually okay i'm all i can say though is that it's going to be a fight headlined uh by about between Anthony Smith and Glover Teixeira for the light um a, a light heavyweight bout again all of these all of these fights are happening in the uh, in the Vice Star Arena in Jacksonville and on Saturday night as well, we're going to see some heavy net, heavyweight goodness uh, f- with a bow between Overeem, uh, excuse me, Alistair Overeem and Walt Harris. So that one's going to be also really, really interesting to watch. So we're back in the game, baby. Uh, shout out to the whole world of mixed martial arts for making this happen, not just for the fans, but also for the fighters and everybody involved. We're so, so proud. And this is beautiful to watch so you guys make sure that you catch up with the fights tonight once again and i'm gonna tell you the time right now so the main car starts at 9 p.m make sure you catch up with it and also on saturday nights the main card starting at the same time again at 9 p.m and uh until next time uh, so next week we're gonna again talk about these fights and any other update that we get regarding future events but until next, it, okay, actually, no, make sure you go to CFRU.ca to catch up with our previous episodes. I hope you enjoyed this episode as well. And until next time, it's your girl Joan Non right here, and this is TKO. Peace out. Yeah, hey.